You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. This is called Pirate Radio. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? You run around this city like it's your damn shooting gallery. Yeah, what do you do? What do you do? You act like it's a playground. You beat up the bullies with your fists. You throw them in jail. Everybody calls you a hero, right? And then a month, a week, a day later, they're back on the streets doing the yeah. same goddamn so, thing. So you just put them in the morgue. You're goddamn right, I do. One chooses to walk the way of the Mandalore. You are both hunter and prey. This is the way. This is the way. The Force will be with you. Always. Be bold. Be brave. Courageous. Black alert. It's called Pirate Radio. We a refuge for great geeks, cause round here we don't get geek. We don't care for the hate speech. That's why we ain't mainstream. So we linked up on the same team. No heights we can't reach. We are fan, we're hearts true. If you feel the same, sing along too. Say great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge, great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. It's like, yeah, uh, no, action news. And now, your host, Mike Lutzford. I'm totally gonna use that, too. <laughs> Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of At The Diner, the flagship podcast here on The Great Geek Refuge. My name is Mike Lunsford. I am one of your hosts for this podcast extravaganza, but I have two wonderful and capable co-hosts alongside me for every episode. You know them, you love them. They are MC Brooks and Mr. James Rambo. Gents, let's jump right into the topic of conversation. We've been meaning to talk about this for like, what, like three, four weeks now? Um, Let's talk about the DCEU. and all the things that are going on. Um, I want to start with the most topical conversation because it's been kind of crazy reading about it and hearing about it, but the news about Ezra Miller and what they have been up to while in Hawaii. And I am, I don't want to say shocked. Shocked is the wrong word because, I mean, we've seen enough celebrities do this sort of thing and act like assholes, but like, what the fuck is going on with Ezra Miller? Like, I, uh, I don't know enough about them as a person or about their history, but is this something that has always been part of who they are? As uh, far as, like, being violent, as far as, like, this sort of stuff? Or is this just, like, a new thing that popped up recently? Uh, I, I'm not sure, because I'm not as familiar with Ezra as other people are. <clears throat> but, um, actually, let me, let me say this first. Uh, can I, I want everyone uh, to like stop misgendering Ezra Miller? Like I keep seeing people use he/him pronouns when they talk about Ezra, and it's like kind of really annoying to see. You know, even though like the major news outlets have have done it, but you know, like just a reminder, everyone listening, like Ezra's pronouns are they/them. You don't need to misgender them just oh, because yeah. they're being an asshole. <laughs> so I just want to say that for up front. Um, and like that's the other thing too like just let me tip in real quick with that like i did it in our chat accidentally and you you were like they them okay cool that's the thing is if you get corrected on that it's not a personal thing just 
roll yeah. with it. Like if somebody, if, reminder, like if somebody yeah. calls me, yeah, somebody calls me Michael. I'm like, yeah, hey, I prefer Mike. You know what people don't do? They don't call you Michael anymore. So gender, uh, as far as like your identity, as far as like your pronouns, like it should be an easy fix. Yeah, for sure. Um, but as far as their history, I I can't say I'm I'm overly familiar. Um, I will say though, it, it really feels like this this Flash movie is cursed. <laughs> um, That's the vibe it, I'm getting. Ezra was cast one month after the Flash TV show debuted in 2014, and we are eight years later. The movie has not come out yet. Holy and it's shit! Been, it was that long ago. Yeah, October 2014. Whew. And. Here we are, you know, the Flash TV show is about to go into season nine. They are confirmed to to beginning of season nine. And there is a realistic chance if season nine ends up being the final episode, the final season, that the Flash TV show will have run in its entirety before the Flash movie comes out. Because the movie is scheduled to come out, I think, June of June of next year. Um. But as far as Ezra's concerned, uh, I, I I can't say I'm I'm overly familiar, and it, it's <clears throat> it's kind of a shame because they've had a number of controversies that are not like time wise are not far removed from each other. I think it was like two, maybe three years ago, we had that really weird video of him choking someone to the ground uh, while overseas. No. Uh, some 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 uh, some uh, some someone um, and nothing happened with that. And I think it was it was really weird. It was really weird that uh, people were that like DC or Warner Brothers like opted. They not, not even to say anything about it. Like They didn't even release a statement. They just kind of let that just kind of let that fall out of the news cycle. And, you know, that was just kind of that was just kind of it. So you have you have that you have earlier this year or maybe in late last year. Time is weird uh, where there was that weird video they put up on social media with uh, them uh, calling out the KKK in yeah. some part of North Carolina. And like nothing else really came out of that. Like I, I didn't see any follow up. Uh, I didn't see any follow up from that. Um, there didn't appear to be any kind of like recent incidents or activities um, that happened there to to you know want to, to to like ensure that that's where the the outburst came from. But um, <clears throat> um, so yeah, we have that, and then then we have the first incident where he attacked, if I remember correctly, he attacked they. the people, uh, I'm sorry, you're right. They, <laughs> they attacked, very easy to slip up, but uh, they attacked the, the, the couple they were with in Hawaii. And that happened, I wanna say a little over a month ago. I wanted to ask uh, about that too. You said the couple they were with, as in like, I'm trying to artfully put this without it like sounding like I'm insinuating. Anything. Yeah. So were yeah, they so were I, they all together or was this just like they just happened to be in the same place at the same time? Like did they already know each other? Was there a relationship? That, and not that that affects anything because ultimately what they did is bad, is bad, is bad across yeah, yeah. the board. So but like yeah. I, 
one of the stories I read implied that they were like uh, they were they were the hosts for Ezra's Airbnb like there. Um, but I'm not sure. But I do have I do have the the report from it the first one anyway. Um, the first offense was it was a disorderly conduct and harassment at a Hawaiian nightclub. So they said that Miller had become agitated while other patrons sang karaoke and began yelling obscenities. They then grabbed the microphone from a 23-year-old woman singing karaoke and, and later lunged at a 32-year-old man playing darts. After being yeah, after being charged, uh, they they paid the bond and they were released from custody. Uh, and they were with with that the the uh, the people involved did press charges initially, but they were dismissed with prejudice. And the reason that is significant is because for it to be dismissed with prejudice means that they can never like they can never try to sue Ezra for any of this stuff ever again. Like it can't it 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 can't be brought up again because they they chose not to pursue it with prejudice. And so that's that was the 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 first the first incident. And then the second incident is the 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 recent one where they were at a party they became irate when they were uh, being asked to leave, and they threw a chair and hit someone in the head, leaving a half-inch cut. And police found him like a little bit up the road, found them from a little bit up the road from where the party was taking place, and he, they were arrested around 1.30 in the morning. And yeah, a little bit less than a month after the, the first incident. I'm I didn't say it's just like, yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, this is crazy. Like, it's it's not just that, but it's incredible that nobody in Ezra's circle or on Ezra's team, or and no one from Warner Brothers or DC was like, yo, you need to leave, like, leave, like, go home. Like, there's no reason for you to be in Hawaii anymore after the first incident where you you ran into trouble. Like, Like, I get. They probably on vacation. They're not filming anything. I know that Fantastic Beast movie uh, uh, that they are in just came out and whatnot. They're not involved with that. But after the first incident, they should have been asked to leave. Like, like someone from their circle or from Warner Brothers should have been like, you know, just to avoid incident, and maybe we can we can kind of play this like we played the previous situation where you just kind of lay low for a bit. You know, the movie doesn't come out till next year. Maybe just don't cause any trouble, any noise until we start doing press, you know, around this time next year. And, you know, hopefully by that time it will have blown over and it really just won't be an issue anymore. But a month later, <laughs> there's a whole a whole other incident. And it's it's I'm not sure what they are what what they as in DC in this or Warner Brothers in this case are going to do about Ezra in this case. Because the movie is finished. It's it's done. It's you know, they've done all their principal stuff, they've done all the reshoots. The movie is finished. It's in post production now until it comes out to, it comes out next year. And with Discovery now kind of taking the reins, ta uh, taking over the reins now, it does call into question what exactly could they do and what should they do about this? Because you have this this film that costs 200 something million to make. It's done. 
I'm sure that they don't want to take a, a $200 million hit while, you know, right after, you know, coming into ownership of, of, of Warner, of, of Warner brothers. But, uh, I'm not sure what they do in this case in regards to Ezra and, and their future with, with DC. They, there was a meeting that got called about two weeks ago to discuss it, but we don't know anything about what took place at that emergency meeting if any decisions were were made about their future, if any decisions were made about the film, if any decisions have been just been made, period, in regards to this whole situation. Yeah, I I'm like at a loss with all of this because that, I think that's the thing that is so insane about all of this is we saw all of this happening. We were hearing the stories about it and nobody stepped in and stopped. Ezra from doing what they were doing or like pulled them aside and was like, yo, you need to get your shit together. What is going on? And that's so odd. Normally Hollywood seems to be on top of these things. So that's what was shocking to me. Yeah. And, and it, yeah, go ahead. And uh, so like I pulled, I found a whole, another article that, that uh, gives a little bit more detail with stuff. So apparently the, like these types of incidents have gone back as far as 2017. Uh, there were, there are people who worked on the flash movie uh, who have said that Ezra was never violent, but they were quoted losing it frequently uh, during uh, and had frequent meltdowns while that film was was filming, and you know that so like this a lot of the stuff that's popping up now is not necessarily it's not new because you know there are people that have been working with them or been around them that have you know witnessed some of these some of this behavior dating back to to five years ago. Yeah. Grandpa, what, what say you? Oh, oh one, I'm sorry. One, one, la one last thing from the from the uh, police report, um, and it, um, so this was uh, this was the part I was trying I, I, I was remembering. So in addition to the harassment of the people in the bar, um, uh, a couple the couple they were that Ezra was staying with filed the restraining order, uh, saying that Ezra burst into their bedroom and threatened them. And according to the uh, to the police report, Ezra is accused of telling the man. I will bury you and your slut wife. Also, also claims that Ezra stole the man's wallet, which contained uh, the man's bank cards, social security, uh, and driver's license, as well as uh, the woman's passport. This sounds like, and, I, and I, I don't like normally doing this because I'm playing armchair psychiatrist is not, not a good move, but this sounds like somebody who is unwell. This does not sound like somebody who is in their right headspace. And that's my concern on one side. But the more pressing thing is it's proving that they are a danger to themselves and to other people. Like, I don't think fines are just going to cut it. I don't think that like, like this is, this is frightening what's going on. And we can all kind of laugh at DC to a certain degree where we're just like, man, they just can't get their shit together. But this is not on DC. I don't feel like other than they need to rein their person in. But like at the, at the same time, like what, what the fuck do you do? Like, especially like, how can you release this movie? Is anybody really going to go see it now? 
Do you do, do you pull what, what was the name of that movie with that they scrubbed Kevin Spacey out of and they put Christopher Plummer in instead? Can they do that with Grant Gustin and just have Grant Gustin take over? <laughs> it's it's a little tougher for the uh, for the lead. Um, yeah. Not impossible, but it's it's, it's a little harder. Yeah. And more expensive. Yeah, 100%. absolutely. Oh, good lord! Like this is just like what the, they could just say it's Barry Keegan. No, 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 it's not Ezra Miller. It's Barry Keegan. They look the same. No, it, I know. They look very similar. No, it's actually him. Don't worry about it. It's cool. We re, re, we recast it, and it's Ezra the whole time. <laughs> um, Rambo, what say you about this, man? Yeah, I mean, it's... This is not the behavior of someone who is in their right mind. Uh, either, I and I don't, I don't know if they have some sort of mental illness they're dealing with, or if they have some sort of addiction problem they're dealing with, but this kind of weird, irrational behavior doesn't just come out of nowhere. Like, something's going on. Um, yeah. And I am concerned for them while also um, not having much of a tolerance for this kind of bullshit. Um, yeah, the fact that Warner Brothers has still not made even a, a statement about it is pretty wild. Um, they haven't? Not to the best of my no. knowledge. I just they've assumed done... they had. Are you kidding no, they've, me? They've, 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 they've said, they've said uh, Warner Brothers has said nothing. Uh, even dating back to the, the incident in Iceland, uh, which is where the video was where he was choking that, that, um, that person on camera. Mm -hmm. uh, they've, they've they've said nothing. There have been no statements. They let they were content to just kind of let that, you know, kind of you know just casually fall out of the news cycle. I mean, it didn't get a ton of press at the time anyway. Um, mainly just saw people on like on Twitter and like other social media talking about it. Uh, but even with the the two recent incidents, there there there's been it's gotten more coverage than that did. But even with that, outside of the news of them calling an emergency meeting to discuss. Uh, Ezra and their future. They they have there have been no no public statements about anything that's happened. That makes zero sense, dude. Like that. That's why. And I'm not saying like again like they're. I'm not saying like well Disney's better. Disney would have done something about this. But Disney would have done something about this. And like they would have said something. Why is Warner Brothers, why is DC, why is nobody saying anything about this? I get it. It's a complicated situation because of the Flashpoint movie and all that stuff, but nobody gives a shit, man. Y'all need to address this. And the fact that it's not being addressed is is saying a lot. Not saying anything is saying a lot. So interestingly yeah. enough, uh, interestingly enough, uh, Deadline, who who wrote an article about Ezra, initially updated that article recently, and this is what they they're saying. They've heard that Warner Brothers brass are not sweating the Miller headlines, as they're not committed to appear in any more Fantastic Beast movies, and the Flash doesn't come out in theaters until next summer. So as of now, <laughs> it'll go the away. It's is fine. The, the pick is currently in post at the time, and there are no plans to reschedule the film or move it to HBO Max. When reached out, when reached out to, uh, when reached out on them as uh, recently as this past Tuesday, Warner Brothers declined comment on uh, the latest Miller arrest. Uh, that uh, Ezra's lawyer also did not respond to requests for comment on the matter when contacted yesterday. 
What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it'll be fine. Don't worry about it. They'll, they'll, they'll forget about it. Somebody else will do something stupid. Like, th that's what that sounds like. That's that's the mindset it sounds like they have right now. Ah, it'll be fine. Who cares? No big deal. Right? Yeah, it just, it, it just calls into question, one, the leadership. And, and you know, like we can't segue here, but we don't have to. Because we know that leadership at at Warner Brothers is going to change. I mean, a, a number of people have already been let go, and right now there's speculation that you know uh, Walter Hamada, who's still under contract through next year, won't like they that like he won't be working there beyond that. He's he's just going to work out the rest of um, his time there until his, until the, the the contract is up. So you know, leadership is inevitably going to change as you know uh, uh with discovery taking over they've been they've already they discovery has already kind of publicly said something about what their plans are with dc <laughs> and and uh like what they would like to do for the the shared universe but you know noticeably quiet on the ezra miller front it just i feel like the silence is saying a lot though and like it, it yeah I'm... it's just it's just a matter of just what you do and and honestly it just kind of it, it it's interesting they have been actively actively pushing out henry cavill from coming back even though he wants to do it and for some reason they're still holding on to ezra miller despite all of this stuff that just keeps happening over the course of trying to produce this flash movie. And like just, on some on, and in some ways in some ways <clears throat> I think it's probably a matter of just this, like Ezra is, is younger has a really dedicated uh, fan base of people of uh, of people who love them and will go see anything they're in whether it's Flash, whether it's those Fantastic Beast movies, uh, whether it's anything else. Like that's that's like that's obviously their thinking behind it, but you can't just not say anything. And it's it, again, it's interesting. You you're pushing out Henry Cavill, who wants to who wants to be part of your like really to this point crappy shared universe. <laughs> like he he wants to make movies. And you're like no, and yet like, you remain silent, and they're just giving multiple chances. While while saying nothing on the matter in, in hopes that it just comes away, that it, it just goes away, and I think what will end up happening is, when it comes to next year, a lot of their press is going to be answering questions about this, a answering questions about, okay, well, what about these reports about you know Ezra's behavior on set, what about these incidents, you know, in the in you know these incidents that happened within a month of each other. And they're going to find themselves not even being able to talk about the movie because they're going to have to address all of this other stuff. Yeah, 100%. And, like, if, if we really want to break this down, like, it's something that – and I'm going to tie it into another thing that's in the news right now that really is frustrating to me – are the people who are fans of an actor. Like you just said, Ezra Miller has a huge fan base and people will go see whatever they're in. Like, really? Their personal behavior doesn't matter to you at all. 
it's the same thing with like, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to get into all of this because it's, it's a really, really complex situation. Um, but the Johnny Depp thing, the Johnny Depp Amber Heard thing, like the, the fact that people are just adamantly defending Johnny Depp and like, oh, well, no, it's all Amber Heard. It's all Amber Heard. And like, it just, it, it it's, it's frustrating to me to think that like you could see somebody do something bad. I mean, we saw this, we see this with R. Kelly. We see this with, um, with Kanye. Like all the time. And, that, like, and honestly, honestly, I mean, that's even another tie into this whole situation, too, because Amber Heard is involved with the Aquaman films. Yeah. And, you know, they're they're like for I've been seeing I don't I don't know if people are just saying this or if, or if they're being serious about it. But there are a number of people who are like, we're like, we're going to boycott Aquaman, too, because she's because because Amber's in it. They're, they're they're actively you know saying that they they don't want they don't want they they want to intentionally tank that that film because Amber's in it and because Warner Brothers like no one has said anything no one has said anything about it even even when the film was filming you know there was stuff there was stuff out there about um, you know uh, whatever was going on between her and Johnny Depp at that point. And people were just like, so, so you know, Warner Brothers is just going to ignore it and just going to allow her to to still be, still be in this movie. And I think, I think, Mike, that's where some of the, uh, some of the, uh, where, where some of the people think it's like unfair is because Amber did Aquaman, was able to go do Aquaman too, whereas Johnny Depp lost money because Disney opted to just go in a different direction for the the Pirates films. Oh yeah. You know, he and like, did, you know, he I'm lost not... he lost work because of it, and so I mean it goes back to what we were saying before about you know them staying silent on the 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 situation with Amber Heard, even just a statement just acknowledging that you're monitoring the situation would be better than just not saying anything. Oh, I 100% agree, and like you know what, I'll 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 at least say my piece on this. Honestly, I think that both of them are wrong. I think that both of them in this situation with what's going on and what we're finding out in this trial, for instance, that this was a two way street. And I'm not going to I'm not going to say like one person was more guilty than the other, but like seems to be kind of what we're hearing is that they both were just really toxic. And I do I agree that something should happen to Amber Heard? A hundred and fifty percent. Yes, she should not be. She the, the kind of consequences that Johnny Depp is seeing to his career should be the same thing that's happening to her. And I don't know why it's not. Um, that's just my piece on this. But like, it, it's the fact that uh, there's now a consistency thing here with DC doing this twice now. Like, you've got some crazy shit going on, and they're not saying anything. It's just like that's not a good look. Yeah. So, because it does call into question just what exactly, uh, like, just what exactly the future is for their universe. Because I. Part of the reason I think we can all agree with this that part of the reason that they're still going to do this Flashpoint movie is because of exactly that Flashpoint. It, it's gonna it's gonna allow them to kind of soft reboot their cinematic universe. They can you know they don't have to acknowledge you know no more Batfleck no more Henry Cavill Superman. They can they can reboot everything and. They can only make the stuff canon that they want to be in it, and then they can progress forward with however they want to, you know, handle their cinematic universe. Uh, you know, they they have a number of projects that are already in the works, like uh, like the Bad Girl uh, film that's that's in the works. 
Um, they the other uh, Suicide Squad spinoff that's that's also in the works. So like we know they have they have stuff uh, stuff going on. But the reality is, they're you know they, the only reason they they need this Flashpoint movie to come out is not just because the movie's already done and they don't want to just you know say that they wasted two hundred uh, plus million dollars on a film they can't do anything with. Uh, but, but also because they want to try to try to do something, they they want to try to do something with this with this extended universe. You know, they they're seeing the they're seeing the results of them trying to do the opposite of Marvel, whereas Marvel took their time to kind of build up, you know, each character before you did the giant team up um, in in the first Avengers movie. You know. DC just tried to shoehorn the entire thing. Like, boom, Superman, got it. All right, put Batman and Superman and Lex Luthor and a Flash cameo in, in BVS. Cool. All right, next, Justice League. And, you know, love like regardless of how we all feel about that, the 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 the, the fact that you have you you doing a team up movie where you have to introduce what three three the three maybe four of your heroes because they had you haven't really gotten time to know them and then also make make the audience care about them and then build them up it's a grand fail when the reality is they should have just they should have done more solo films they should have gradually built up to the, that justice league and and done something and, and done something like that and the fact that they are where they are now is literally the result of their own decision making back then yeah. Yeah. Rambo, what say you, man? You've been kind of quiet about all this. I, I know MC and I have been going back and forth here, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, uh, which part? <laughs> what do you want to hear about? Fucking all of it, man. Tell us everything. Like, um, yeah, the, the, the floor is yours, Mr. Rambo. I think that Warner Brothers hasn't really cared about how to make their properties work for a while. Um, I mean, there's a, a, I've been beating the same drum for, you know, a decade plus at this point talking about, uh, the reason that Marvel's doing so much better, just, it's just fucking eating Warner Brothers lunch, um, is Marvel had to make their, their system work. They had to make their movies work. Warner Brothers didn't. Yeah. Warner Brothers has a whole... Uh, spate of, you know, I mean, an, an entire like like literal filmography of um, decades and decades worth of of movies that you can pull from and look at in terms of their uh, success. Like they are not just old Hollywood; they're original Hollywood. Um, whereas Marvel was this plucky young upstart that you know was taking a. a basically having all their money fronted to them by Paramount and having to, you know, ha having to turn a profit for, uh, for the company before they can even turn a profit for themselves. You know, it, it, Marvel ended, was, was in a position initially where they were almost like a, like a, a musical artist signed to a major label. Um, they weren't going to get paid until the company got paid. So, it was really important that they took their time and really examined how to make it work. Um, whereas, and, and, and they also took the approach of, well, if we're going to have sort of a shepherd of this whole thing, it's going to be more of a producer end. Uh, whereas Warner Brothers is like, well, we want this 
to look and feel a certain way, so we're going to have it be a, a director. Now, the big problem with those two things, or the big difference between those two things, is a producer is not necessarily going to be achieving the exact same aesthetics for things uh, across multiple films. They definitely can. I mean, like Jerry Bruckheimer's films all kind of look the same. Um, a lot of Joel Silver's movies have have similar ideas and, and, and themes in them. Um, but when you have somebody like Zack Snyder who has a singular vision for things, you're putting a lot on how that vision shakes out. Kevin Feige initially, it was, all right, well, let's just make things work. Like they, they, they were focused on, all right, great. We have one movie, we have Iron Man. We've never done something to this degree. We need to bring in as many experts as we possibly can. Warner Brothers is like, we know how to make a movie. We've made Batman movies before, we made Superman movies before, or, you know, there's Flash TV shows, there's Wonder Woman TV shows, like who gives a shit? We just we know what we're doing. Uh Snyder has shown that he's a, a competent director. Um yeah, we'll go ahead and make a, a new Oh, and that uh that Batman trilogy we just did. Um everybody really liked that. So we'll <laughs> we'll take the wrong lesson from that and say, oh, you want darker versions of superheroes. Got it. No problem. And that's not me, like, like putting words in their mouth. There were, immediately after the success of Batman Begins, that became the talk from the studio. Oh, they want dark versions of characters. No. Batman Begins was successful because it was one of the more true to the character versions of the, of the character uh, uh, adaptations of the character at the time. Um, and Hollywood no loves nothing more than taking the wrong lessons from things. Um, and so that's, that's, you know, that's why you get a, a dark washed out Superman movie. Um, and it just builds from there. And like what MC said before, like them, taking them looking at Marvel's success and being like, oh, we got to do that, but we're already behind. So it, it, it's the equivalent of uh, being like a fucking frat bro who shows up late to the party and everybody else is already like nine beers in. So you start chugging six packs to try and catch up. No, man, that's not going to work for you. <laughs> <laughs> You need to pace yourself, and maybe eventually you'll be on the same level. Um, no, Warner Brothers is in a hurry, they, and so they they cared less about the quality of what they were making, um, and they were so worried. You know, that's not fair. It's not so much that they care less about the quality of it. They were more concerned with differentiating themselves as opposed to, and this still blows my mind, the, the history of... Um, these two companies, and by that I mean DC and Marvel, uh, a huge history of their rivalry ri rivalry is them copying each other, stealing yep. ideas from each other back and forth. And this is the one time where DC's like, no, we're going to be different. We're going to take our own take on things, and it's going to be different from what Marvel's been doing. You know, that incredibly successful franchise? Nah, not going to be here, no, sir. So like, there, there's that whole dictum of, like, no jokes, no jokes. Oh, no, we're, we're doing serious superhero shit. Um, what? <laughs> like you're you're going to have dramas with no comedy and comedies with no drama? Like, that's not how that works. That's how you get the shittier version of both. Um, you need to have a balance. 
but you would know that if you had people who were better filmmakers, who were better screenwriters, who were like, like there's just so much fucking foolishness involved. Um, and a big part of this is also like whether or not they want to lose money. Warner brothers has had money to burn forever. So it doesn't have to be successful. Um, and even still like with Batman vs Superman, um, which was, you know, pretty heavily critically panned. It still made like three or four, uh, three or four million dollars. Yep. Um, did it, did it make the billion dollars that, you know, no way home or, or, you know, Avengers or, or any, or, or black Panther or any number of Marvel's individual movies did. Nope. Sure. Didn't, but it still turned a profit. Um, and that's, that's another problem is <sighs> I hate the idea of looking at, at any of these corporations like they care about the art cause they don't, but right. Marvel is savvy enough to say, well, if we make something that's of a higher quality, people will spend more money on it. As opposed to Warner Brothers, which is like, well, if we put a movie, well, if we make a movie that has Batman in it, people will spend money on it. It doesn't have to be a great movie. If it is, that's incidental. Um, it's just got to have the brand there because we got to keep pushing the brand. And so it's it's... There's a very similar tack um, or, 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 or like initial starting place for both of these people, which is we want your money. How best can we do that? And with Warner Brothers, you're like, well, you're going to give it to us because we're the only game in town. Like you can't you can't see Batman somewhere else. And Marvel's like, I mean, yeah, that's true. But don't you want them to want to come back for it? To right. want to be engaged by more of these things? Um, I mean, and like, as far as the whole Ezra, Ezra Miller thing and like Henry Cavill, the only thing I can agree with Cavill is in the interim between Man of Steel and now he's just blown up a little more. Like he's gotten, you yeah. know, some serious clout from like, from uh, the Witcher. Um, you know, he's, uh, uh, he's probably just gotten more expensive. Yeah. Whereas Ezra Miller is, you know, still relatively unknown com comparatively. Um, even in any of these, in, in any of the movies we've seen so far uh, that involve like Justice League of the Flash, uh, they've been a side character. They've been kind of a joke and off to the side and, and, and not super significant. Um, yeah. You know, playing yeah. the most significant role in a, a, a fucking recut of uh, of a movie that you know didn't do super great to begin with that they released not in theaters but on their streaming service um, and hell the fucking the Snyder Cut shit all of that you know that's a great example of showcasing well what are they really like what how what is their tack on making this money it's like alright well we're not as worried about um about the actual releases, we're going to try and get as much money as we can as fast as possible. So we'll just focus on doing things on streaming services, which I will say has been 
a, a pretty slick maneuver. Like they've been pulling in subscribers left and right. Yeah, they they are the opposite of Netflix <laughs> right oh, now. Boy. They've, uh, I think, I think I saw the number was like they, they've added like 34 million like new between like December and now. But as far as HBO had, Max. Yeah, HBO Max. Yeah. Yeah. It's and been Netflix yeah, honestly, like that's burning subscribers. That's my that's yeah. my go to now. Honestly, like my I normally <clears throat> go there for not everything, but I'm now going there more often. Same. I'm going no. to HBO Max more. I mean that and Paramount Plus. But that's just because I'm a Star Trek nerd, but like. Yeah, and like we so, talked about this last week, man. Like Netflix is just like somebody. I saw somebody put this on on social media and it made me want to punch them in the neck when they were like, "Well, now's the time to buy Netflix stocks." No, the fuck, it's not. <laughs> I mean, buy, you know, buy low, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. With the hope that will go up. <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, buy Netflix now while it's spiraling <laughs> down the drain. Yeah, that's a great idea. Like, Jesus. yeah. But um. I will say, uh, going back to the Warner Brothers stuff, the you know with Discovery now taking over the company, uh, uh, the new guy coming in is looking to overhaul everything. There were uh, I'm looking at the article open from uh, Variety now, where uh, they're looking to you know get their own Kevin Feige type of person to mm-hmm. to kind of run to to, to kind of run the 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 uh the dc universe uh some of the stuff that i've been seeing is that they're looking to give dc more creative control over over like what properties end up getting moved into media and what i mean by that what what i mean by that is like warner brothers was making all the decisions you know as far as oh this show is going to the cw this show is going to hbo max we're going to make this into a movie uh, whereas now under this new under this new leadership, they're going to be looking more to lean into DC, the people who, who who actually work for DC, to handle that, to to make to make those decisions uh, in conjunction with a Kevin Feige type person to to then bring new characters to their the TV side of things into the the uh, the movie side of things. Um, so like the, the the quote they have here is interesting. I think it's. I think it's good, but I think part of it is going to make both of your asses itch when I when I read it. <laughs> um, but they say that you know, although DC has achieved cinematic success with recent films such as Aquaman and The Batman, it lacks a coherent creative and brand strategy. Discovery believes that several top shelf characters such as Superman have been left to languish and need to be revitalized. They also believe that projects like Todd Phillips' Joker are a shining example of how no. second-built characters from the DC ah. library can and should be exploited. Okay. That, <laughs> that movie made a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. That takeaway is, I don't like it, but it's not the wrong takeaway. It's not inaccurate. Yeah. I don't I yeah. didn't like the Joker, but it made an ass load of money. And, hey, we should explore these secondary characters, like Peacemaker. So yeah. they're not yeah. wrong in that assessment. Yeah. But I mean, but remember that came before, before this happened. So now it's a wonder of, so with like, 
what the future is going forward. So like I I have read a rumor about what is what like what the DCEU plan is. I won't say what it is on here just in case it comes it actually comes to fruition. If you guys want to know, if either of you want to know, I can tell you like outside outside of here. But yeah. uh there is a you know, it, it does call in the question, so like what exactly like what do you guys think they should do? Uh, so like you, we know that they have stuff in production that's currently in production. Batgirl, uh, I, I think Batgirl actually just finished filming uh, very recently, or they're close to being done with filming. We know there's a Blue Beetle movie that's coming. They just announced a Wonder Twins movie uh, very very recently. Uh, Peacemaker, huge success. I'm, we're I'm pretty like it's, it's fairly certain that it's going to get a season two. That's that it, it would be completely nonsensical, um, nonsensical for that. Um, we know that in addition to that, um, and I can speak a little bit more to this with the with, you know, the CW also being up for sale and them having new people that are going to come in and those people not, you know, being Warner Brothers. We know that like several several of their classic shows are probably going to be ending. Supergirl ended already. Arrow ended. Black Lightning ended. The Flash seems like it's probably going to end in the next season or two. And many of their new stuff that they have coming up are actually completely disconnected from what the Arrowverse was. Uh, Naomi, that's on right now, completely disconnected, even though you know Superman is a central figure to the Naomi character. Uh, they have a Gotham Knights show that's coming that's coming out that is uh, that is also disconnected from the from the Arrowverse. Uh, Star Girl, which is uh, season three of that, is going to be coming out later this year. Also completely disconnected well mostly disconnected because um they did have um i can't think of uh uh i was gonna say henry cavill uh the guy who played flash in the 90s tv show oh uh john wilson oh, uh, yeah john wilson yeah, just show up did show up on star girl so there's a little bit of a connect connectivity but for the most part it's on earth 2 it's doing its own thing so you know with that it seems like maybe the future for some of those shows is just kind of let them be their own thing but i guess my, my question um is how like, if you were going to be the person this kevin feige type figure like would you are you gonna like just kind of put the stuff out that you have and then just kind of hardline stop everything kind of like when uh when marvel took when um when Marvel TV was usurped into Marvel Studios and then all of their TV shows like uh, like The Gifted and Legion and some of these other ones all got canceled uh, because they wanted all their TV shows to now connect to their wider universe. So would you do something like that as far as like hard stopping everything or would you just kind of like find some way to you know, leave the, the CW shows where they are, have them have that hand, you know, be its own thing, appoint someone to kind of do, to be in charge of that. And then, you know, connect these HBO Max shows to your, you know, find some, create some sort of event, you know, I know DC loves their crisis events. There's always a crisis going on. Um, or would you like do something like that so you can like kind of bridge the HBO Max shows to your TV universe and just kind of soft rebooted with the people you want going forward. I would, I would do that. I would let these movies play out that need to play out. And then what I would do is, I, I mean, honestly, I like the crisis event, but that's the thing is then you have to do another movie that has all of that stuff. And like that has all those other characters. Like I maybe just a soft reboot instead and just start 
from from scratch and like okay so but that's the other thing too is like that's the advantage that dc has over marvel to a certain degree with most characters i'll give you an example spider-man doesn't need a retelling of his origin we all know it because they've been how many freaking spider-man movies at this point Captain America, we, we needed to see his origin. Iron Man, we needed to see his origin. Thor, we didn't really get an origin. He just was Thor already. But like, they needed to do that for those characters. Not because people didn't know them, but because they're not on the same level as DC's. Batman and Superman are iconic across the board. Like you can go to another country and show them a Superman logo and they know exactly who that is. Now, Marvel's starting to get there now too because of the MCU. But because of that, I would start mid-level. We know who Superman is. We know who Lois Lane is. Like, start with a good Superman story and then start making the universe connect from there. And like, honestly, if you really want to follow what Marvel's doing, fucking follow what Marvel's doing, okay? And here's the other thing too. You've already proven that you can hire people that are directors from Marvel movies, uh, i.e. James Gunn. So if you want to copy them, because as Rambo pointed out, like this is a long-standing history that they do this, then do that because you know what talks? Money. Yeah. Throw money and, at these guys and be like, hey, I want you to direct this. Hey, John Favreau, I want you to direct a Green Lantern movie. Like fucking whoever. Like I guarantee you, you throw enough money at these problems and they're gonna fix themselves. And yeah. put the right people in place that have shown they can be creative and actually give a fuck and give them creative control instead of having Warner Brothers sitting there driving the goddamn car the whole time. And uh, j j uh, one thing before before you go, Rambo, uh, they did they did try to throw money at James Gunn to like revise their other like some of their other properties, their bigger properties. But he wanted he chose to do to to do Suicide Squad and Peacemaker and like the spinoffs that he's going to be doing from that Suicide Squad movie because uh, he he did so yeah he did turn them down as far as them trying to throw money at him to you know, do a Superman movie or, you know, whatever. I mean, that sounds like a James Gunn move, though, honestly. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, no, when, when all that shit happened, they, they were like, fucking blank check, pick what you want to do. Anything you want to work on. And he was like, Suicide Squad. And they're like, are you sure don't want to do, like, a Batman movie? And they're like, yep, fucking Suicide. Give me all your weird shit. Yep. Give me your, I mean, this is the same man who, when Kevin Feige was like, look, I understand if you don't want to do some of the Stranger stuff. And he's like, you know that I'm here because you have a talking raccoon whose best friend is a talking tree. <laughs> like, those are your characters, right? That's what I'm in for. Yeah. Like, do you not remember where I come from? Like, all the trauma shit is, like, green slime and people melting and samurai cops and shit. Like, come on. This is... Fucking give it to me. Yeah. Give it all to me. Yes. Give me, give me, give me. Like, it's going to be all, all the strange things. Um. Yeah, I... I honestly, I'm, I'm hoping that this will be their sort of like slow wake up in terms of, of discovery being like, well, we gave Matt Reeves the Batman and that has done incredibly well. Gunn took our weirdest secondary characters and made an incredibly successful movie and then an incredibly su successful TV show from it. Maybe we just need to keep getting really talented people to come in and make our individual pieces um, and go from there. Um, what would I do? 
And in this scenario, it's it's not like I have a blank slate. It's all of the things that have happened have already happened. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. It's it's basically, it's basically that like it, you you're being hired on. They're like, hey, like we need to make some decisions about if we're gonna you know continue and try to connect these projects or if we're just gonna we're gonna let them happen and then we'll just completely blank slate it after like after these movies come out. I have always wanted to see anthology films for these characters. Um, I think that doing a, not not a found footage, but a VHS style anthology um, kind of, uh, you know, here's four short films um, with some sort of loose concept built around it. Um, for Batman, you could do a Legends of the Dark Knight kind of story where it's a bunch of criminals sitting around telling stories about Batman. And so you have a different director, different cast, um, you know, for each of these movies. But only, you know, every the whole movie costs $100 million. And the vignette gets like $10 million, and then everybody else gets like 20 to 25 Um and you use this as your sort of um, your sort of testing ground. This is going to be where we see what works and what doesn't, what is popular and what isn't, um, and then build from there. And I'm talking like do the Stranger Things things. I, I, funny enough, I mean I don't mean the show. I mean like do the oddball <laughs> shit. Give me like. Gotham by Gaslight is a story about Batman fighting Jack the Ripper in Victorian era London. That sounds awesome. I mean, like, <laughs> there's so much. There's a story called The Nail. And The Nail is what if Superman never came to Earth or was never found by the Kents? And so. All the rest of superheroes all build up off of everything uh, the way the way they would. The, na the nail being um, the Kents uh, uh, were driving along the road and they hit a nail and it, they got a flat. And because of that, when Kal-El's ship crash lands, the Kents don't pick him up. So he's not raised by them. So Superman, as we know, it doesn't exist. Uh, and it also comes back, it comes to the, um, uh, or comes from rather, I think it's, I want to say it's a Greek phrase. Uh, it's for one of a nail, a horse was lost, for one of a horse, uh, like I think an officer was lost, for one of an officer, a battle was lost, for one of a battle, a war was lost, all for one of a nail. And it's, you know, the butterfly effect, you know, small things yeah. can have major, major consequences. Right. Um, and so you get the story where, Batman and Green Lantern and Wonder Woman, like their their relationships are all different, and like Darkseid has showed up, and they're like, ah, fuck, what are we gonna do? And the the twist in the end of the story is, um, the fight is this massive like world-ending fight is going on, and it gets taken, it's it's moving all around the world, and it ends up at this farm in um, like rural Kansas or or Pennsylvania or thereabouts, um. But at, at an Amish farm and, you know, a fucking bomb or something goes off and there's one guy that's left standing. And it's one of the farmers and there's your Superman. He just 
hasn't been indoctrinated in the same way or, or trained and, 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 and lived the life that Clark Kent would have. Um, but like, there's so many, like we, we've already seen that alter takes and experimental characters, like there's no such thing as a bad character. There's only bad stories with said characters. So this is the time to go, all right, what if we did a Justice Society story? Marvel's going modern. What if instead we did a World War II era superhero story? Why? I mean... There's so much you can pull from that. I mean, like, that's basically what we're going to get with Black Adam whenever the fuck that comes out. Um, <laughs> 2035. The, the JSA <laughs> are the... The JSA <laughs> are the focus of that story. And that is exciting. That's really interesting. Um, they started doing a little bit of it with, like, Wonder Woman, for instance, because we got, like, mm -hmm. the second Wonder Woman was, like, in the 80s, and then we had the first one, which is in, like, World War One, yep. Like... Honestly, though, like in going back, because I'm still doing my rewatch of Batman the Animated Series and rewatching that series, man, the, the style that they use, that Art Deco style, like it makes it timeless because the technology is very vague as far as what when it is, because there's a fucking computer. OK, so it's not the 30s and 40s or like the 20s and 30s when they were doing Art Deco style. So it's somewhere later. But when? I don't know. Wait, there's a cell phone. Do you know phone. why that Fuck, is? Oh, no, he they wanted it to be timeless, I would assume. No, Paul Dini wanted, uh, Paul Dini and Bruce Tim wanted to do a 1930s Batman story. Okay, and okay. Warner Brothers was like, no, we're not doing that. And, like, you, no. -uh. So the compromise was, all right, well, what if we did it as kind of a weird timeless thing where, like, so there's computers and there's TV, but all the TV's black and white. And Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's so like little elements like that. So there, it's it's pulling from all these weird areas. It's like all the cars look like they're from like the 30s and 40s. Yeah. Um, and it's it was just it was the compromise they made. Um, but yeah, do some weird timeless shit. Give me a Superman movie where he leaps tall buildings in a single bound. He can't fly yet. Like I thought. Like, look, I know a lot of people have a lot of fucking feelings about Man of Steel. I think like 85 to 90% of that movie works really, really well. Yeah. Same. One of the things that works incredibly well for me is Clark learning to fly. Clark realizing that he can do more than he think he can he thinks he can. Because he's never had to stretch those muscles before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If we start with a movie where, you know, the Superman has showed up and he's, you know, he's saved this plane and, and it's all wonderful and all this shit. Like, fuck, there was almost a 30s era Coen Brothers Superman-like movie made back in the 90s. Wait, what? I think the movie, the <laughs> it's based on a book that I want to say is called Gladiator or something like that. And it's about a, like, you know, a mysterious figure from the stars who comes to Earth that is, you know, has has powers beyond mortal man. It's, it's straight up just a, 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 um, a Siegel Schuster um, Superman story. And when, uh, when when Pulp was sort of the name of the game, when it, like when you got the shadow and you got um, uh, the Phantom and the Tarzan movie, all that shit, 
uh, there was going to be a couple of like what are now like big deal kind of alter directors making these movies because yep. um, at the time they were still like relative unknowns. Um, and one of the things was going to be a fucking 1930s era Superman movie. Um, and I don't know, there's a, there's a story called Up, Up and Away where uh, following Infinite Crisis, because uh, as MC pointed out, DC loves a crisis, um, Superman has been gone, like absent from the, the, uh, from the world at large for a full year. And it's because at the end of Infinite Crisis, uh, Superman flew through a red sun and lost his powers. Um, and so for a year, he's not been able to do anything. He's just been living his life as Clark Kent. And then this story is where he starts to get his powers back. And it starts with, he's like as strong as 10 men and he can jump really far and things like that. And over the course of the story, he starts getting more and more of his powers back. By the end of the story, he actually has more of them. He has more of the sort of like golden age, silver age stuff. Like he has his super intellect back because it doesn't really make sense that an alien race of scientists and shit wouldn't be smarter than humans. Mm -hmm. um, so he can do shit like, um, there's this whole thing about like, um, Superman being able, because he has like x-ray vision and like microscopic vision and shit, he can embed micro dots of, of information in uh, the pages of books. So he can basically have novels, like multiple novels on a single page that he can then read by himself that no one else can see. Um, and because he's super strength, super, super smart, he can just do it all super fast. Um, Cause yeah, why not? Why the fuck not? Um, He's goddamn Superman. Like, <laughs> dip into that weird, crazy, fun stuff. Like, that, yeah. that, honestly, that, fucking that. That is what I would change more than anything else. I want fucking Silver Age weirdness. Give me bright, shiny superheroes. Give me mad scientists as villains. Give me, like, alien worlds and bright colors and you know bring our bring our characters into the light and then once we've established that those characters function as these shining beacons of hope and justice then if we want to start getting like telling darker stories you have some fucking contrast yep i love the batman we watched again last night that movie okay. is fucking great it is a great example of a good version of a grim, gritty story. But the end of that story, there's hope. The, yep. the movie ends with, you know, uh, I mean, I'm not the very last shot, but one of the last shots and one of the last scenes is the sun coming up while Batman is helping people. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yep. That's exactly what we what fucking need, be. man. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I 100% and, agree. Yeah. Yeah. I know we're about to get out of here, but I, I just want to tag in. Like, I agree. I love both of your your answers. I agree 110%. I want more weird shit too. Um, I know that they're doing it in an anthology. That's the Green Lantern series is meant to be an anthology. And so I'm excited for whenever that comes out because that was oh, supposed to be out God. two years ago. <laughs> that was supposed to be out two years ago. Um, but 
the the one the one thing I will give DC credit for the thing I the thing I don't think that they need to touch or fix or switch or change anything is all of their animation stuff. If they can if they can whoever is in charge of, of producing all of their animated content, like let whoever that is keep their job and continue producing stuff um, that's coming out because whether it's the the connected animated universe of films. Uh, with everything from the animated Flashpoint movie up into Apocalypse War, uh, like all of those are great. But even some of this, the the standalone films that they've done, where like uh, you know Batman Ninja, <laughs> or uh, the uh, the standalone uh, Superman uh, movie that, movie that they did, or the Death of the Superman ones that they did, like those are those are well done and they're good. They're standalone. They don't they aren't concerned with being connected to anything else. And I think that those like those work. Um, I know neither of you have have watched it or maybe I've seen much of it. But like Young Justice right now is is for me probably the best one of the best things that they have going for it because they are doing a little bit of what you were asking, Rambo. They they have a bunch of characters that are that will probably never oh, yeah. see the light of day. That will never ever become that never ever show up in in live action ever. And they're here and they're getting their own stories and they're getting heavily involved. And the Justice League is every is still very involved despite the show not being about them. So like you still get, you know, your stories involving Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman and the, you know, uh, Hal and Jon Stewart, Green Lantern. Like you, you still get all of them while also building a team of heroes, <clears throat> building a team of heroes with all these other characters that, you know, are not that, you know, generally they will probably never get a movie or a good, you know, live action, uh, live action adaptation. I know there's a Zatanna movie coming out, but she's a, like, she's a part of it. There are a couple different Roy Harpers running around, uh, rocket from icon and rocket, aqua girl, arrowette, Oracle, bumblebee, uh, multiple guardians, lagoon boy, <laughs> like, these are just a handful, and, and that doesn't even get into like they they've also assembled the out a version of the Outsiders, um, with Beast Boy as the lead as the at the head of it, uh, that's you know running around doing stuff as as well. So like they're doing a bunch of like really creative, unique, interesting storytelling. And what I've very much enjoyed about the current season is they have kind of shifted a little bit away from like focusing on just Nightwing and some of the others who were the main cast in season one. And they're doing these like mini arcs, these like three to five episode mini stories featuring some of the other characters that really haven't gotten a ton of shine before in the series. And for me, that's been kind of, that's been kind of dope. Uh, you know, they, uh, they gave us Sergeant Marvel or Mary Brumfield. I think is the, the name they, they had a whole story with her and, Zatanna, that was that was that was really awesome. Uh, there's a there's a dope like B story with with uh, Connor Superboy, uh, kind of going on. Like it's it's super super well done. So like, whatever like DC on the animation side, like stay like keep whoever is in charge of your stuff there. Keep that keep that person in charge, and you know let the Kevin Feige person that you hired like take over and do what they need to do to you know get your cinematic universe on track whether you decide to do a connected one or just give us a bunch of isolated one-off stories that don't connect to a larger anything you remember yeah. how hyped you got at the end of iron man when yeah Nick Fury showed up 
And you weren't watching Iron Man because, oh man, Captain America's going to show up. You were watching Iron Man to watch Iron Man. I yep. think that another thing I would do is keep those interactions like very spare. Very like, or rather use them sparingly. Because they carry way more weight when they're used rarely. And one of the the kind of downfalls of, a, of an interconnected universe like what we've gotten so far is it just becomes kind of rote where you're like, all right, well then uh, Dr. Strange will show up and fix this. Um, yep. There is a, a, a kind of an interesting novelty in, in things like No Way Home when Spider-Man is able to go to Dr. Strange and, and ask for help. Um, but it would be... I don't know. I, I, it's funny. As I'm, I'm, I'm at odds with what I'm about to say. As much as I would like to see things like, you know, as, as much as some of my favorite scenes are things like the, the, the party during Age of Ultron, where they're all just kind of hanging around and, and talking like people, um, you do end up kind of diminishing those characters a little bit when you treat them like normal people. Um, and I think that also comes down to like what what kind of story are you looking to tell? A more Marvel type story is um, it's it, it, it's it's God as man versus man as God. It's it's a Marvel story is superheroes are human beings as well. And um, you know, like Peter Parker, despite the fact he has all his, you know all spider powers and shit, he's lost to pay his rent and he's still broke. Um, Versus the traditional DC stories are aspirational. They're, you know, they're the people we, you know, it, it, it's told from the point of view of the man on the street. So you're looking at these figures as like being larger than life. Um, and so I think, I think to some degree, like that would be a big part of, of my approach as well is, is more sort of, I guess like kind of a back to basics storytelling approach from the comic end of it. Um, I mean, like, off the top of my head, I'm like, all right, Kurt Busiek and Mark Wade are going to be my two, like, story editors or, like, sto like, major story consultants. And for every story we get, we're going to um, bring in the, like, the name creative team on that. Oh, also, from a, a financial standpoint, you want some good fucking PR? We're renegotiating every fucking contract for everybody on the comic side. We're adding a clause in every contract that says if your work is adapted to film, here's what your royalties look like. Mm -hmm. Because, man, I can't tell you how many fucking times. I mean, well, shit. Love and Thunder. The Love and Thunder trailer dropped. And it looks fucking fantastic. And there's that one shot that is pulled directly yep. from that panel. And at first I was like, oh, that's so cool. And my my immediate thought after was, Assad Rubik did not get any money from that. He didn't get paid for that. Jason Aaron didn't get paid for that. Like they, Marvel might've cut them like a, what, I think it's like a $5,000 check or something overall as like a, hey, thanks for your contribution. But like you, <laughs> they're doing the job of cinematographer now. Mm -hmm. 
and you're not paying them anymore. And yeah, that would be a major part of the push would be, you know, we're, we're, we're going to try and be more true to the, some, some of the storytelling in terms of like the feeling of it. And a big part of that is going to be every comic creator who works on something that gets adapted, you are getting a cut of it consistently. Because I'm sick of that shit. Yeah, That's not only that too, like that immediately is going to shift a lot of work going forward because people would be more willing to work for DC than they yep. would for Marvel. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But play the long game. Use use all that Warner Brother money you got. You know, mm-hmm. like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, that yeah. Well, there you go. So, what's the solution that we found? Uh, fucking let GGR run uh, the Warner Brothers. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I quit my job right now and help cover in DC. You Do wouldn't even have power? to ask me twice. Fuck it. Yes, yeah. I would be for this because that's the other thing too. Is I, I kind of la- like last you know parting parting remark here. I think that you need people that love these characters and that love this medium because a lot of times they don't do that. And I'm not saying that any of the directors that they've had in the past don't love comic books, but I can point to one and his name is Tim Burton. Like he said that he doesn't like comic books and that's fine. I like his Batman movie. It was great when I was a kid. I absolutely loved it, but that sends the wrong message. And I I don't think it was because you chose the right person to direct the movie. I think you got lucky. And I also think that it was in a time when there wasn't really anything else going on as far as comic book movies go. And it was a decently put together film. I, you need to have people that care about these things. That's why James Gunn yeah. is good at this because that's he Kevin knew Feige's good. that's why mm-hmm. Kevin Feige is good. That's why John Favreau is good. That's like, you need people that give a fuck. That's why Taika Waititi is good. Yep. Like, and like that, Warner Brothers has got to stop thinking dollar first. Yes, I get it. They're a business, okay? But at the same time, too, like, realize that what's going to make you more money is having people that actually genuinely care about it. Yeah. So, on that note, take our notes. Um, or just, you know, hand it to us. You know, we'll call it GGRner Brothers. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, big thanks to MC Brooks. Uh, big thanks to James Rambo. As always, uh, you gents make my week better by having these wonderful conversations that we have. Um, we'll be back uh, in the month of May when I come back from vacation. Uh, so make sure you listen to the other podcasts um, as well. We've got The Gamer Den with Russ and Jess. Uh, definitely check them out. Um, we've got uh, FedCon, which is hosted by Mariah Beachboard, all about Star Trek and fun, inclusive conversations involving that. Um, you've got the overflow with MC Brooks. You've got GGR post game. Uh, if you want to go back and listen to some of our other stuff, we have a ton of stuff. We have old episodes of at the diner, the GGR pirate radio feed is still existing out there, which has all of our old stuff. Um, we've also got the playcasts. We did a Christmas Carol a while back. We did the hitchhiker. Hopefully at some point in the future, when we have time, we're going to do more of those. Cause those were a lot of fun, but there's lots of stuff for you on the great geek refuge. So check out the website, listen to our podcasts. But more importantly, thank you for the support. Thank you for being there. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Because remember, together, there are no heights that we can't reach. Over and over, expecting a different result, yeah. Hey, at least in my mind, I'm feeling like I'm the hero that saves me. Yeah, I hold my head high, get everything right, delusional maybe.
Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts. This has been Pirate Radio Network production, Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy. Yeah, boy.